Welcome to the Expat Cast. I'm your host, Nicole Palazzo. And before we get going with today's episode, I want to give you guys a couple little housekeeping updates. <laughs> so first off, thanks to you who tuned in on Twitter and on Instagram at We Are Expats. I did a little takeover there last week and I had a lot of fun with it. And they are looking for more expats to take over their accounts in the new year. So if you're living abroad anywhere in the world and would be open to sharing a little bit about your life and your new home home country, definitely check them out. Again, it's We Are Expats, W-E-A-R-E-X-P-A-T-S. What I liked the most about it is that they have a totally different group of people who are following them. So I got to interact with people that I normally don't interact with and got to learn a little bit about their lives. So it wasn't just about me. This was more of a conversation, an exchange with people, like I said, who I otherwise wouldn't have known about. So I said, check them out. I did also want to say that this will be the last episode of season one of the Expat Cast. So we've made it to 25 episodes. I've been releasing one a week since about July. And I've had a lot going on in my personal life and my professional life in those six months. And as we're getting into the holidays, uh, it just feels like a good time to take a little break. So we'll be back in the new year. I can't tell you quite yet exactly when, but keep an eye on our social media at the ExpatCast, especially on Instagram and Twitter, and I'll be letting you guys know when we'll be back. I've already been recording some of the episodes for season two, and they're so much fun, um, so I'm really excited to get back at it. Just need a little break to uh, sort of get my head on straight <laughs> for 2019, um, and I hope you guys are all able to carve some space out of your own lives to do the same. I, I'm a huge believer in New Year's resolutions. I'm very driven, but I'm not necessarily the kind of person who's goal-oriented in the way that I sit down and make lists of exact goals that I want to accomplish that day or that week or month or whatever. So New Year's is really for me one of the few times a year where I sit back and reflect on the last year and try to set some kind of purpose for the year ahead. So yeah, I, I always find it really helpful and really nice that we as a society, as a global society, take this time, whether you do New Year's now or some other time, that we do take that time and think about these things and talk to each other about these things. So I said, I'm going to do that. I hope you're doing that. <laughs> but before we get to New Year's, we have one last episode for you guys, and that is with a YouTuber. So there's this whole community of Americans making YouTube videos about life in Germany. And one of my very favorites of those is Chris of Soldier of Life. So I am so excited that he was able to take the time out and talk to us. He he comes to us from this like crazy penthouse looking apartment in the Ukraine where he was traveling. So the audio is a little bit uh, echoey, but you know, it's worth it. I promise. <laughs> we had a great talk about his experience as someone who came to Europe as a soldier in the American military. Um, we talked about sometimes needing to let your American freak flag fly and be a little bit belligerent and crazy. Um, but also one of the big themes of our talk is about how living abroad and living specifically in Germany has made us better people. So I think it's a really good one to leave our season off with, leave the year off with, and I hope you guys enjoy. My name is Kaleem Catton. I go by Chris. Uh, I have a YouTube channel, Soldier of Life. I currently live in Hamburg, Germany. I've been in Germany for 
four and a half years. Most of it is like on and off. Well, most of it is on, but I took a stint like six months to go to Australia, do some schooling, six months to go to Thailand to figure out how to do YouTube and uh, talk to digital nomads and stuff like that. And then ultimately, I decided I wanted to live in Germany. And I came back about seven months ago. Yeah. Uh, working on permanent re- residency in Germany. Cool. And get yeah, army stuff if you wanted to know all about that stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll get into it. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people say, like a lot of people who have spent time in Germany here and in there, that once you mm-hmm. make that choice where you're like, okay, I'm staying, it's like yeah. something's totally different. Yeah. The biggest thing for me, being in the military, I would have never come to Europe any other way. But um, coming to Germany for my duty station, I asked to come there. And I was there for two years or so. And I just enjoyed it. I was just having a good time. And I wasn't really thinking about living there because I thought that I would continue with my career, go back and forth or whatever. After leaving the military from departing, I stayed in Germany for a little bit longer. And I was just like, I don't want to go home yet. Like I was still on the fence about things I didn't really know. And then it was about two years ago, I just made a decision in my head. Like one day, I, like I went home. I never went to the States for longer than like a week wow. or something, like two weeks. And then I went home, culture shock, like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, I was not a great person in the States. Um, I was afraid of going back to my old habits and ways. And I was like, I feel like Germany is bringing out the best of me. So I was like, you know what? I decided to stay here and I put all my eggs in one basket. And yeah, Germany's home now. I can totally relate to, I feel like so many times for so many people who make a choice to move away, it it has a lot to do with where they're from, but it has way more to do with who they are in in the spaces that they're in. And I find it hard to express to like family and friends who sometimes take it personally where they're like, even if they don't say it outright, they always sort of imply or seem to have this feeling that like my choice to leave behind was a rejection of what they have chosen to accept. Right. And it's like so hard to be like, no, actually, it's just like sometimes I was a jerk here and i feel like through virtue of being far away from that i'm i'm better and through virtue of the life here i'm better but you know it's it's like for me at least it's way more to do with me and less to do with exactly and that's it's funny too it's like like i see a lot of people they're like oh you travel a lot and all this stuff it's not that i'm doing it to like traveling to me like you've been to certain places like a beach is a beach the sunset is the same in this place as the sunset over here but for me being in germany when i got there i feel like I feel like the best version of myself being here, you know, and I feel like the things that I'm worried about now are more future tense instead of me in the States. Like I'm worried about, I don't want, just like I said before, I don't want to be the person I used to be, or I don't want to reflect back to that person. And when I got to Germany, I felt like a lot of the things that I was doing was moving forward. But it's just like you said, like a lot of the people at home, they couldn't relate. They're like, oh, why are you live in Germany? Oh, uh, I don't know why you're over there. But I mean, because it's not for everybody, but it's really what you call home. And like I said, like when I went back to the state to see my family, to see my mom and brother and stuff. But then after that, I don't really feel like I'm home. It's so that land in Germany. It's so that touchdown on soil. I felt like I called that place home. I remember the first time I visited America and then came back to Germany. I remember as soon as I got out of the Frankfurt airport, got on the train and we pull out and you start seeing the countryside, I just all of a sudden like my shoulders relaxed and breathed and I was like, okay, even though I don't know what the heck anyone's saying around me, even though I'm still not sure if I like bought the right train ticket and everything feels like really unclear, technically speaking, somehow it feels calm and peaceful and right. (laughs) Yeah, but that's the fun part too, you know, like 
taking the train and not knowing exactly what that is, having to, you know, learn this language and being embraced in it, like, for so long, I like the scary part, you know what I mean? And that's another thing, like, people used to ask me, like, why do you travel around a little bit? I like the scary part. I like being in different places, but then after a while, you want to have a place to call home. I like that learning process. Like, it's beautiful, you know, and where else could you do that? Do you think that your background in the military had anything to do with your desire to come here? And Because I know a lot of people have a hard time once they leave integrating back into normal American society after whatever they've been through. Do you think that played any kind of a role? Yeah. So when I first joined the military, like, the biggest, my biggest selling point when I joined was uh, you get to travel. I'm from the state of Florida, and I never really, I never ever left the state of Florida. Never had a passport, you know, there was no reason to, you know. And then when I uh, did my first duty station, uh, got deployed and stuff, uh, when I came back to the States, uh, one stipulation with the military, in your first contract, they ask you, since you're new here, you know, we're gonna give you whatever assignment you ask for. You know, you get to pick whatever you ask for. We'll try to get it, if you can't get it, you get second and third options, you know. So I think Germany was my first option. It was Germany, South Korea. I just wanted to leave the States and just see how it was, you know? And like I said before, when I got to Germany, I didn't mentally think that way. You know, I just like, oh, I'm just gonna be here. Well, I'm in another country. This is cool, this is crazy. And then you're on base too, right? So there's a certain level of comfort and and sameness. And that's the thing, a lot of my subscribers, like they don't really ask, but with me learning German, I was there for like two and a half years before I even really put a set effort into doing it. Because before, like, I'm on a military base, U.S. base, so we're all speaking English. Every time people, we interact with people that are outside of the base, they mostly speak English because these, these cities are built up because of the income that the military is bringing, you know? So it was really catered to English speaking. And then one day I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm here way too long to just be saying, bitte, Morgan, and stuff like that. So I took a conscious effort to learn the language. Then I started loving that within itself. And then just the friendships that I made, the people knowing that the German friends that I have, I can call them up right now and you know they'll do anything for me, but the people that I had in the States, they'll be like, well, I ain't heard from, you know? And it's just a different aura, you know what I'm saying? Like the things mean different differently in Germany. I think it was one point, somebody was telling me, you're too nice, you know, like on the phone, talking to somebody in the States. And I was like, if I'm living in a world where being too nice is a bad thing, like, I don't want to be there. Small decisions like that, I was like, I don't want to be in the States no more, where I have to, like, have a facade and look angry so people don't take advantage of me and stuff like that. Just little stuff like that. Like, here, like, I'm currently in the Ukraine, but, like, I had, like, this guy who, like, pushed me and tried to start a physical fight with me because I was American, you know, and they kind of, like, swindled me or whatever to get money out of me. But, like, they were ready to fight me to take the money out of my pocket. And I was just, and I was here for, like, a week. And I was just so upset because I was like, I haven't had this in Germany. I've been there for four years. Nothing like this has ever happened. You know, and it just bothered me to remind myself that there are people like that in other countries and mindsets. But the German culture, they don't think that way. You know, I remember at one time I seen at an Oktoberfest I went to, these two guys were about to fight. Like, they were arguing, pushing each other. And then I was like, yeah, I want to see the fight. You know what? <laughs> The American in me, I was like, yeah, I want to see the fight. And then, like, so it was so crazy. Like, the two guys stopped, their friends talked to each other, and before they left, they hugged each other. Whoa. And in my head, at first, I was like, what the hell is that? Like, I got gypped in a fight, you know? <laughs> that is crazy. That is awesome. 
that is how humans are supposed to be to each other. You know, like we don't want, we shouldn't want to hurt each other. It's little small stuff like that that built up. And I was just like, I, I don't want to leave this place anymore. Yeah, I definitely, I've noticed there's still catcalling in Germany, but like going through a city or something, sometimes coming from America, I'm like used to being on guard a little bit, especially yeah. with like men that I don't know. Oftentimes if they speak to you in America, it's not like, to say hi and have a nice conversation like there's there's an edge to it right and so you learn to just sort of like have this like glaring look that you have to give and I used that here once or twice when someone tried to say something to me on the train and I just was like oh you just were asking me something really (laughs) harmless or you were saying something and maybe you were being goofy but I don't think it had anything to do with being I don't know like sexist or or trying to I, I don't know quite how to describe Mm-hmm. Yeah, that interaction you but you know what I mean like I'm yeah. I, I but yeah I think that's what you were saying too where like you're you're used to having to kind of like toughen up in certain scenarios and then here a lot of times when I have tried to to push that American mindset on a scenario I'm like oh wait no I'm I'm totally misreading this and of course there's still things that happen here and like it's not perfect nowhere is perfect but mm-hmm. um yeah I don't feel like I have to be on guard as much I feel like I yeah. can be more relaxed and that's the thing in the city that I live in there it's relatively close to a military base so I kind of like where I'm at because I can still talk English to some of the soldiers that are there so I can still do that a little American thing I like to dabble in stuff like I don't like to be like I just want to be in this small German village I don't want to see any Americans ever I don't want to talk to them so I like to dabble a little bit but then I see them when they're in crowds, when they're in groups together, because, you know, people are stupid, but, you know, person, pe- <laughs> individuals are smart, but people in a collective are usually stupid. So, like, when I see them together and they do American stuff and they get real aggressive because, like, that's their nature, like, it bothers me now, you know, because I feel more connected to German culture than I do American culture. It's the cultural differences that a lot of people won't see on the outside or on the inside because they're not on the outside looking in. Absolutely. I always say that about Germany and America. Like when you first get here, you can travel through and think it's pretty similar or, you know, you you can still tell you're somewhere else, but it's got those comforts. But then the longer you stay here, the deeper you see all these differences and the more you understand it. And, you know, (laughs) this American friend of mine just told me the story yesterday where (laughs) she was on the train. She'd had a tough day at work. She was coming home. It was winter. She had a big coat. She's sitting down and an old woman came in and said, machen Sie nicht so dick, which means... Yeah. Make yourself not so fat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she was like, she just went off it. She just was like, how dare you tell me to not be so fat? I have a big coat. What do you want me to do? How can you speak to someone like that? And totally had this like defense reaction. And then she went and told her friends about that the next day. And her German friends were like, well, actually, that phrase does technically mean that. But I mean, it's not the nicest way to say move over, but it is kind of just a way to say move over and make space. And yeah. and, and like, because she was reacting in, in her like American mindset, it totally like she, she escalated the whole situation and yelled at an old lady. And <laughs> it's like, just the longer you stay here and the more you learn the nuances of that stuff, the more you're like, oh, okay, this is how I can handle that situation. And I don't need to be fighting people. <laughs> I can just... Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's kind of like the, the catcalling thing too. Like, that, I have a real big thing with like hanging out with guys that do stuff like that because that's not really my thing. But like with the guys that catcalling and stuff like that, like they don't, I personally don't think they do it that much in Germany because most people are more shy. You know, more people, they're more about not like, 
I'm trying to talk to her, and, uh, but they're more like, I want to get to know them. I want to get to know these people. It, it, it is such a mind shift change. Like, I personally think in order for you to really grasp it, like, you got to be in the culture for at least, like, six months to a year, you know, to understand. But it's like little things like that. Germany, to me, is a mind state. Like, it's totally, it's not even just the culture and living there and learning the language, but it's a total different mindset. Absolutely. It's more like taking a step back and, but they're more, I think a little bit more like in their head and at like a certain level, which has its downsides. Like I was just (laughs) venting on Twitter with some other expats who were were also frustrated by the fact that Germans will just come up to you and ask you your opinion about a serious political thing without any lead up to it. Like I, I, you know, I said, you know, after any mass shooting, I go into the library where I work and someone's going to come up to me and say, Hey, so how do you feel about gun rights in America? Like that's, that's their whole intro to this conversation. And I'm like, I don't have my answer ready for you. Like, what are you? Oh, it drives me nuts. So there is a downside to this, like, thoughtfulness and, like, this, like, sort of lack of, I don't know, like. Uh, yeah, what is the word for that? It's, it's just, like a blunt. Yeah. So... They don't want to soften things or they don't even think to soften things. It's not part of their thought right. process. It's just, it's just, here's what I'm thinking and I want to know your, your response. And, yeah. yeah. So there's downsides to it for sure. But it is, it's a, it's a state of mind. Do you feel like, so you were in Germany a couple of years before you started learning German. Do you feel like the people reacted to you differently once you made that decision to start learning their language? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. My cousin said that too. I have a cousin who was in the army and he was stationed in this tiny town in Bavaria and he said that he never got fluent in German or or anything like that. But if you made the effort to just at least pick up a few few phrases, they were a lot warmer. Yeah, I think it's because, especially like like for the army personnel, when you are in an area where it's concentrated military personnel, then most of them don't speak German. A lot of people don't realize when you're in the army, you know, and you're overseas or whatever, you have a lot of responsibilities. So like, I really didn't have a lot of time to do German. I mean, I could have, but it was like, you work all week and it's like a 24 hour job. Uh, I've had soldiers that like tried to commit suicide that had to stay with me, um, dealing with finances at home, uh, thinking about deployment, getting battle ready, going to different missions um, in the country, in Europe. So it's a lot of stuff going on. And I think a lot of the Germans around the area, because it's so rare to see like an American soldier speaking German, that they take it much more in stride. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like the same, like when I go somewhere, I understand the struggle when you don't really speak my language if I don't speak yours. So I speak in very broken English. And then when they speak English and they always say like, oh, my English is bad. Like, no, you want to promote them to speak English if they're doing it. And the same thing with German. You know, I always say like, uh, excuse me, mine is Well, I'm not going to say the word, but you know, the word is... I try my best to speak decent level German, you know, and they always happy to see somebody doing that. They know I'm going out of my element. Yeah. And now that you're living there, it's like a totally different thing, too, because then you're going to run into the issue of, well, now so many people want to speak English with you that you're not you're going to hit a wall with your German because they won't let you go further. Oh, my. That was my first like that was my first frustration, because like when I first started learning, I wanted to do pronunciations. You know, I was trying to get the, the German tongue. Right. So I think the entire day. An entire day was spent on saying ich, you know, so I was like, ich, ich. That's the craziest you know? thing, right? Even the word I, we can't naturally say. I, got, I was stuck with ich for a while or ish, and like it took a while before I could get to the ich. Yeah, and that's, and that's the thing too. And I understand the importance of the uh, integration process to do German, because I know like I've had a lot of people uh, write me about, you know, the stuff that's going on and I forgot what that city was. But like... 
Yeah, Chemnitz. The influx of foreigners and yeah, I understand that because, you know, we have the same thing in America. Like you feel like what you thought was your world is changing and it scares people, you know? So like in America, like with Mexicans or with whoever, Americans are like, oh, my American way of life, but they're afraid of change, you know? So like Germany is the same way. Like we've been this way for hundreds of years, you know, and who are these people to change our way? So don't change us. So I understand being familiar with the German and I appreciate that, but I, I want to be German. Speak German to me. Yeah. <laughs> talk to me. Expect me to be German. I want more people to talk to me and say, "Hey, you need to speak some more German in your videos." Not do it rude, but like, yeah, force me to speak German. I like it. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and it's also given me a lot of empathy for you know looking back at the U.S. and people are, are always like, "How can you live in America your whole life and never learn English?" And I'm kind of like now like living in Germany where so many people speak English. I'm like. Well, I kind of get it because I know a lot of people here who have never even tried to learn German. I feel like I have a better understanding of like the immigrant community in America through being an immigrant in Germany. I'm avid like on people speaking, like with people speaking multiple languages, like you don't have to be fluent, but you, it's just smart to learn the basics. So like my mom, she works at like Home Shopping Network in Florida, right? And even when I went back to Florida, like the Spanish community blew up like crazy. Like there's Spanish people in every store. And I learned at a young age because my best friend was uh, Venezuelan, you know, and I spent time with his family. So, like, she tell, my mom tells me they come to the store. And she's starting to do that a little bit. They come to the store and they don't speak English and yeah. they expect, speak Spanish and she's mad. I'm like, okay, mom, well, if you're working at the store and it behooves you, like, if it'll make your job easier and better, just learn a couple words. Learn the numbers between 1 and 20 or something. How do you say which one in Spanish? Just small words. And that's the thing. When you learn those things they'll be more receptive to you. You know, your customers will probably treat you nicely if you learned a little bit. So that's kind of the mindset that I have when I was in Germany. It's just like, even though I don't, I'm, not, I'm not super fluent, but like speaking German as much as I can, it helps me, but it also shows other people that I appreciate the culture and I want to learn. Yeah. You know, and I had a guy, I literally had a guy the other day, he was like, well, he was from Australia. He's like, English is the most spoken language in the world. So why I got to learn anything else? I was like, that's kind of like a really ignorant way of looking at the world kind yeah. of, you know I started learning German earnestly pretty much as soon as I got together with my boyfriend because even though he's fully bilingual and grew up in America and Germany and had no problem speaking English with me I was like I don't think I'll fully know this person until I know him in, in both of his languages and see yeah. him with his friends in German and you know all that kind of stuff and and his friends too like a lot of his friends I got to know in English first while I was still learning German and now that we can speak in German like there are moments where I'm like oh my opinion of you might have been totally different if I'd known you in your full, in your native language because oh you're saying some stuff but yeah. <laughs> so. Absolutely. and you know when I started learning German hearing jokes hearing people talk about stuff like it was funny now and like, they're know, funny like, people, right? You think yeah, Germans are like, so serious until you know what they're saying. And then you're like, actually, you're hilarious. You just don't smile when you make jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I met this guy and his girlfriend like speaks no English, very little English. So like I've known her for like almost a year now, you know, but I've never talked to her. I remember like him talking to her and like they'd have conversations and I can just see their facial suggestions. Like maybe this is how the conversation is going. OK, it's not good. They're frowning at each other, whatever. And then when I started learning German and started speaking a little bit with my friends, I would say something to them, they'd say something, and then his girlfriend would say something in German. And I heard, I'm like, wow, she's funny. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> first, I was like, I don't even, I don't know her. That's just his girlfriend. 
you know. But then when I started knowing, I was like, well, I like you. Like, yeah. you're cool. Like, didn't before? I was like, yeah, but now I know you. Right. You know, so just like you said, it kind of opens up that other side of people that you wouldn't know if you're just only speaking English. Do you think that a lot of people in the military end up coming back? Oh, coming back to Germany? Yeah, like or like to anywhere that they end up getting stationed. A lot of them end up staying. I have a lot of friends now, they write me and they're just like, you know, hey man, how did you do it? I want to come back, this, this, and that. A lot, I think it's such a culture shock for the military personnel. It's not until they leave that they feel like they want to stay. You know, so it's almost like I kind of did the same thing. If I, I got out in the military in Germany, so if I would have went to the States and continue my career for however many years, I probably wouldn't have felt the same way. Or I would have been like, oh, I want to go back, but I would have never came back. But a lot of the guys that get out in Germany, I'm not going to say a lot, but a good amount that I know end up staying. But yeah, it's definitely, a, it's a community. It's a lot of community. That's, I mean, that's such a huge part of the, like, um, the American expat in Germany community that I think, I, I feel like I don't hear a lot about because I'm not living anywhere that has a base nearby. I think the nearest yeah. ones are like Stuttgart or Kaiserslautern. But I see that a lot on like Facebook groups for American expats and blah, blah, blah. And um, I think like through the military having bases and, and these people having interactions with like the local towns, that combined with several other factors, but a lot of Germans have a pretty good outlook on Americans and feel like they know some taste of the character of the people. And yeah. it's really wonderful for me as a non-military person living here to see like and it's all part of this bigger package that can lead to so many beautiful things. And the military is not just the bang, bang, booms that go on, you know? <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's like the bing, bang, boom is like such a small part of the military. Yeah. It's like, I think the biggest thing, the biggest benefit, just like it is so fun. I didn't even think about it until you said it. But the biggest thing, the big baby boomer generation, like with Americans in Germany because of World War II or whatever, the best part that came out of that is because... The reason they have a good understanding or a lot of them have good thoughts about Americans is because a lot of them were military, but most military people are like ambassadors. They're like, yeah. the way that I would think about an American is a lot different than the way they would think about an American, mm -hmm. you know, because they've seen some of the better ones. So like a lot of the military, even though, I mean, we're not the best, we're de there's a lot of military people that make us look like crap, but like you're going to have most of the people that are lead in leadership positions, most people that are, you know, they know, um, you know, what they're fighting for, what their stances are, their rules and regulations that they have. If you just have random Americans, like if you go to Oktoberfest getting drunk, getting messed up, then you'll have a bad interpretation of America. Yeah. But I think that is one of the good things that came out about it. And even like, I, I love Germany, but there's the one thing, there's like a couple things I do miss about America, but in America, I feel like I can just act like an idiot yeah. and nobody cares. There's yes. America. You know, nobody cares. Right. But Everyone's a complete idiot goofball, like doing weird crap every second of every day. Germany, I feel like I, I should hold myself to a higher standard because I don't want people to look at Americans in a negative light. Not to say that I want to just like go crazy and just start telling stuff up, but like I want them to look at us when they see me or if they see another American, I want them to have a good representation and not something like, oh, Americans are always acting like idiots. They're so stupid and this is that. So that's why I try to do that 
but sometimes, yeah. I mean, I was telling you before we started recording how I decided to like traipse around town in my Halloween costume this year for Halloween because I was just like, screw it. I want to be yeah, like kind of an American yeah. idiot today. Yeah. And that's a pretty harmless form, right? Like I just got some weird looks because people were like, why are you dressed like a flapper? Like that doesn't make sense. Halloween is about scary things and whatever. So uh, that's a pretty harmless one. But I totally know what you mean where you're like, I am now a cultural ambassador. And even if I might want to be like belligerent in any way, and that might feel like some kind of like release or some kind of fun. Like I don't feel like, and it's an, it's an, it's a good pressure, right? Like it kind of probably makes you a better person for not acting on your every whim to be a goofball. <laughs> I got their benefits as a client. I didn't know German did Halloween like all scary. But yeah. when I did, I did Halloween, my buddy, I think I was just leaving to the, back to the States again. And my buddy took me to the airport, but we went to like a Halloween thing uh, the night before. And he was going to dress up like a, a woman. <laughs> and I was like, look, I was like, if you're going to be a woman, I can't let you go out like that. So I'm going to be a woman, too. I have yes. my ex-girlfriend's clothes and like skirt, <laughs> but we're the only two guys that are dressed like weird. Everybody else yeah. is scary. Just like you said, it's just like, whatever. You know what? Let that American kick in. I don't care. Sometimes whatever. you got to let your American freak flag fly, <laughs> you know? <laughs> But it's so funny. It's so easy to like wow the Germans with with your like wildness. Like I remember uh, we went to one of the small town Oktoberfests where my boyfriend grew up and it's sort of like his high school reunion. Like you go to this Oktoberfest and you see everyone you never wanted to see again from high school, but somehow it's fun. So um, he has this friend that goes every year and wears a dirndl. And this year he was like, yeah, I'll do it too. I'm going to wear the dirndl. So he's there in a dress and literally people were stopping him and taking pictures with him because they thought it was so amazing to see like a guy in a dirndl in a dress. Like it's so funny and so original and so out there. And I'm coming yeah. from like being like the token straight friend in a group of people in Chicago who just, you know, we all were like fully freak flags flying all the dang time. And so it's just always so funny to be like, all oh, right, like you put one toe out of line here and it's like, whoa, look at you go. <laughs> yeah, it's, I like being that guy. I don't want to be that guy all the time. Right. But yeah. Now and again, now and again. Yeah. And you know what? That's part of the American culture too. That's part of representing our country is like, you know what? We have fun and we do weird things and don't feel bad about it. It's like, we like, I don't want to say controversial, but we like to be dramatic. Like that's our whole thing. Hollywood, <laughs> we like to be dramatic. I want to be dramatic. <laughs> that is, that, that's one thing about German culture is like, they're kind of like, they're straight for They're very efficient. Yeah. Straight but I need a little drama. <laughs> yeah. Well, something I'm thinking about is like, I'm entering my second year as an expat here and I'm trying to figure out, you know, I feel like my first year, I very much tried to like suppress my American identity and, and learn what German means and what Germany means and, and see if I can do that. And I was trying really hard to like integrate and to assimilate. And this yeah. year I'm trying to step back and be like, where can I where can I bring my Americanness in? Because it, I am super American <laughs> and I don't want to not be. Like, I like that about myself and I like being that. And and so I'm trying to learn and pick out when and how to let that out. It's fun. And I think that the carefreeness is something that I think is good to bring with me. And when I do let it out, a lot of Germans are like somewhat intimidated by it or taken aback by it, but it's something that they want. They value that. And so I think that's one area where this like the transatlantic dialogue is like the academics like to say, you know, like where our two countries can really come together and, and learn something from each other. And that's something that I like to bring with. It's good. It takes a little while to realize the position you can take, but it's just like you said, like, I like to bring mine out too. Like, I know I can't bring it out fully, like all the time. I like to integrate it. I think that's a part, that's some of the stuff that makes Germany 
great anyway. You know, like there's so many different. Like I was, I was doing, I was doing a little research and doing a video on like how donors came to Germany. Like cool. donor, Turkey, like it's from Turkey, you know. And um, after doing the research and seeing about it, now it's inbreded in German culture. Like I feel like if I go to Germany, donor from anywhere else in the world, it won't taste as good. Yeah. Because it's like so Germanized now, you know. But it's, I think it's good to take some of the stuff that you bring from your culture and bring it where you are, you know, because it makes it more diverse. Maybe that's a good way to start talking about your YouTube channel, where you let your American out and you let yourself be dramatic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you yeah, tell us about it a little bit, how it came to be, yeah. what you're trying to do there? I started it about a year ago. And I, I did YouTube, like, you know, YouTube came out about like 12 something years ago. And it's so funny, like when I first, first did, I did YouTube like three or four times and it was all different stuff. So like the first time I did it, it was trying to promote music. The second time I did it, um, I was trying to do like comedy and stuff. And then this last time I did it, I was in Australia. And I was like, okay, I just got out of the military. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do before I start, you know, going on a path, this directed path that you can't really go and get a career and do this and have 2.5 kids and then live in this house. And I was like, okay, well, I want to go. I have a one of my cousins. It's like this big super producer that produces like all these songs for all these uh, rap artists. Cool. And he told me, like, I'll never forget. He was like, if you want to do something, you go to where the people are doing it. So he wanted to do rap and hip hop. He skipped college and he told his parents, like, I want to go to you know Atlanta to do this, whatever. So it happens. He's like platinum artist, whatever, da da da. And he's you know he did it. And I I took that to advice. And I was like, you know what, I want to. I've been trying YouTube for like over 10 years, you know? So I was like, you know what? Now that I'm out, now that I have the time and I have a little bit of money to do it, I was like, I'm going to do this at least for a year, you know? So I gave myself goals and stuff like that. So I was trying to find my niche and going back and forth. And then, you know, you kind of get like creator's block. You know, I know you sometimes like when you're doing creative stuff, what am I going to talk about? What am I really about? And then I just said, you know what? My guideline is the only videos I'm going to do is to talk about things that I know love and that I am you know I know military stuff I know how to motivate people I know a little bit about fitness you know I am a black dude from America I live in Germany all this stuff so that was my guideline so I just did like one or two videos and like the videos I did in Germany I was just like I have these videos I'll do them but I don't really like them even when I edit them it's like oh I hate this I literally hate this it (laughs) felt like ugh you know I put them out and they just blew up. Wow, you know what I mean? They just great. like, and then after, cause I, I learned a little bit when I was in uh, Thailand, I met some really big YouTube, a lot of YouTubers go there. Like it's really cheap and like they do their, they're working their brands and stuff like that. And I learned a lot from them. And when I brought that back with me in Germany, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this. And then I did it and then stuff just started blowing up. And I was like, man, like, all right, here we go. We're going down this path. So now, you know, I'm working, I'm integrating, doing different things. But that was my call, too. I was just like, you know what? Germany is showing me love. Like me going across the world, that's cool. But I was like, this place is showing me love. I love this place. I have to live here. Like I have. That was my YouTube. My YouTube channel brought me to Germany. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's really what happened. And then I was like, all right, cool. So like I'm branching off doing different things. But like, because I'm going to live in Germany and like it follows my prescription of what I am doing though, I already have a plan set like, you know, a year or two from now, 
since I'm going to be in Germany living there, I might as well get integrated and have all this stuff going for me. So, yeah, soldier's life. <laughs> I love it. That, yeah, so I can highly recommend it. I think every single video of yours that I've watched, whether it's three minutes or 13 or more, I'm always like just sitting there laughing and like nodding and learning. I mean, there's just, yeah, it's awesome. I'm so glad you're doing it. And I'm so glad that people are finding you and it's growing because you deserve it all and keep it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. On that note, we're going to run the corner, head to home with our ending segment. Zack, Zack, Zack. So I'm going to ask you three questions. You're going to answer them without thinking, overthinking. Just give me your gut. Let's go. All right. What is your favorite method of traveling out of the following? By foot, by bike, by train, by plane, by bus, or by horse? Train, I hate, I hate security. Jesus, I hate security. <laughs> By train, easily. Who is your favorite American YouTuber who talks about living in Germany other than yourself? Haley Alec. <laughs> what was Haley Alec. I just, actually, yeah, I just wrote her when I get back to Germany, we're going to do a video together. But Haley Alec, this is really cool. Okay, and number three. If someone gave you 500 euros right now, what would you do with it? I would come home. <laughs> <laughs> I would come home. I would leave Ukraine and come home right now, and I'd jump back over there, do the podcast, and then I'd be like, we are. <laughs> I love it. The traveler says you would use the money to travel more, to home, to travel home. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Chris for coming on the show and thank you for your service in the military and thank you for sharing your wonderful viewpoints with us all. Chris was recently back home in the States and he released a mini series of episodes with his mom and she is amazing. If you love Chris, you'll love his mom <laughs> and definitely go check both of them out on his YouTube channel as said Soldier of Life and we'll be linking to his videos and all of his social media in the show notes. Thank you as well to Gordon Eisenach, my partner in life and in podcasting. At the start of this, I called him my producer, but since then I've become a little bit more self-sufficient. But whether it's helping me set up the microphones or taking over some household chores so I can finish an episode and get it out on time, that support has been so vital to this whole show. So a very special thank you as we wrap up the season to Gordon. Thank you as well to Amy Lungy Art for the logo and Sidehug for the theme music. You can find them on Instagram at a hug from the side. And we're on Instagram too at the expat cast as well as on twitter facebook and pinterest and please don't hesitate to email us at the expat cast if you want to come on the show if you want to recommend a topic for the show i'll be recording for season two even while i'm not releasing any more episodes so definitely reach out thank you to everyone who's been listening throughout season one thank you for making this such a great experience for me and for all of us and i can't wait to see what season two brings until then have a great holiday season and a very happy new year 